0: Today is March the 31st. Did Jesus really die? Let's find out together as we study John 19. So yesterday, we saw some of the eyewitnesses at the cross. Um, All four evangelists are very careful to name women by name who were there. Uh, We cut back to the cross now. The end of the day of preparation for the Passover was approaching. At 6 p.m. that evening, Passover would begin. The Jewish leaders didn't want the bodies of either the the criminals or of Jesus to be left on the cross. So they sent word to Pilate to uh, kill them quickly. Uh, They broke the legs of the two thieves, which would bring about their death in a matter of 10 to 15 minutes. But in verse 33, when they came to Jesus... They saw that he was already dead. So they didn't break his legs. One of the soldiers, however, pierced his side with a spear. Zach told us this past Sunday that that was one of the practices, just to make sure they were dead. Immediately, blood and water flowed out. Then John says, This report is from an eyewitness giving an accurate account. He speaks the truth so that you also can believe. These things happened in fulfillment of the scriptures that say, not one of his bones will be broken, and they'll look on the one they pierced. Now, John goes into some detail here to assure us that Jesus was dead. That's why he stops after he says the soldier pierced Jesus' side. The spear apparently pierced through a lung and through the heart. Uh, The blood from the heart flowed, but also clear water from the lung. Um, In crucifixion, a person dies drowning in their own bodily fluid which collects in their lungs. John says this is an eyewitness account. Now, from time to time, you'll hear people say you can't scientifically prove that Jesus died on the cross. And uh, they're absolutely true. They're absolutely right. You cannot scientifically prove that Jesus died on the cross. But it doesn't matter because we're not looking for scientific proof. Scientific proof is a proof that you can do again and again and again. You set up the same experiment in the same way with the same parameters. You get the same result. That's scientific proof. You do not look for scientific proof in a court of law. What you look for is historical proof. You look for eyewitness accounts. The more eyewitnesses you have, the more positive you are that the event actually occurred. And actually, minor differences in the the eyewitness accounts leads to greater credence in the eyewitness accounts. Each individual has different things that they might observe, as long as the bold facts are the same. You rest assured that what they're saying is true. In this case, what they are saying is that Jesus died on the cross. John goes into the greatest detail, telling us that when the soldier pierced his side, blood and water flowed, which would be typical for a crucifixion. As we move on through the rest of the New Testament, we see that the death of Christ is absolutely foundational. In the book of Colossians, the first chapter, we uh, read these words in verse 20. Through him, God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. Now, why is this verse important? This verse is poetry. Paul doesn't write poetry, but he quotes poetry. This verse, written very early, probably before 50 A.D., is actually quoting an early Christian hymn or an early Christian creed. And it refers to Christ's death. Now in the book of Philippians chapter 2, same thing happens. Philippians 2 from 6 to 11 is another hymn that Paul quotes. And in verse 8, Paul says of Jesus, "...he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross." In both of these early creeds, which predate Paul, they refer to Christ's death on the cross. Christ's death is foundational. In the book of Ephesians chapter 2, verse 16, now not quoting a creed, but simply the reality of Jesus' death. Together as one body, Christ reconciled both groups Jew and Gentile. Christ reconciled both groups to God by means of his death on the cross. And our hostility toward each other was put to death. Paul says, Jesus died. That death brings us unity. In the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 2, I decided that while I was with you, I would forget everything except Jesus Christ, the one who was crucified. Jesus and his death are foundational to Christianity. Although we could read many other verses, I'll simply finish here with uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 3 to 7 very probably quoting an early Christian creed whose entire purpose is to say Jesus died and rose again. And there are eyewitnesses. 1 Corinthians fifteen three. I passed on to you what was most important and what also had been passed on to me. Christ died for our sins. Just as the scripture said, he was buried. He was raised from the dead on the third day, just as Scripture said. He was seen by Peter, then by the twelve. After that, he was seen by more than 500 of his followers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have died. Then he was seen by James, and later by all the apostles. What Paul is quoting here is an early creed that says... If you have questions, here are the names of the people you can go to. Now, those people have since died. But at the time that the creed was popular, they were alive. They were saying, you have questions, go to them and ask. Because Christ truly died and truly rose. That is the center of Christianity. I encourage you to like or subscribe on whatever platform you used to listen to this devotional. If you have questions for us, email them to us at questions at becomehope.com. Tomorrow, we'll answer the question Can I be a secret Christian?